This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Previously on Homestale Radio. Yeah, Chris, just give me five. I've just jumped off the shower. Just give me oh, five yeah. minutes. No, I'll no, be with you, mate. He coated Punchin for his behaviour uh, at the darts. And, you know, obviously rightly so. He, he fined him for that. Yeah? Yeah. Ooh. 180! Oh. Hey. <laughs> 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 all night. All night. <laughs> For all our contact information and to send us an email, visit holradio.net forward slash contact. Hello and welcome to Homestay Radio. I am Chris Hambling and I am your host today. With me are Joel Holyoke. Hello. Hello. Took you a while there, didn't it? Mm. I was on mute. <laughs> Good work. Albert Curley. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm oh, great, thanks. Cheers. And uh, Patrick O'Connor's there as well. Good afternoon, everybody. It isn't the afternoon. And we've got Terence Ford from redandbluearmy.co.uk. Hi, Terence. Good evening, everybody. That's much better. Uh, tonight we look back at an amazing game at Turf Moor. Uh, a comeback from 2-0 down to win 3-2 with a very late goal. We'll be talking the key moments and performances and the very start of this Pardew era that's begun so well. You can contact us today. It's Twitter at HOL Radio, Facebook.com forward slash HOL Radio to message us there. Uh, you can email us, HOLradio.net forward slash contact. You can call us on 0208 one two three four zero nine eight or you can head to the chat room probably horadio.net forward slash chat but we begin the show with news in brief get in touch with the show all of our contact details can be found at horadio.net forward slash contact all the latest news from around Selhurst Park this is news in brief on News in Brief tonight, we've run out of time to write anything. So basically, I'm reading stuff off the Palace website. Uh, Lewis Price has rejoined Crawley Town on loan until the end of the season. Um, and I've opened Lewis Price rejoining Crawley Town on loan at the end of the season twice there. So that doesn't really help. Uh, Zeki Fryers has gone on loan to Rotherham for one month. 
um, hopefully get himself match fit there. And Soleil Kaikai has extended his uh, stay at Cambridge until the end of the season as well. I believe Jake Gray has also gone to Cheltenham, and there's a few others as well, but yeah, I've got time for that. Bye. The Eagles Element. News, views and reviews on Crystal Palace. www.theeagleselement.com Good evening, everybody, and welcome to... Hey, listen, don't interrupt the intro, Chris. Sorry! <laughs> welcome to a new feature on Hull Radio. This is um, this is Steve Bruce's Play Your Cards Right. It's, an, it's a new quiz on Hull Radio. Uh, it's going to be huge. Um... So basically, the, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to test listeners. Each week, we're going to test a listener's knowledge on present and past Palace player squad numbers. Um, each contestant's going to have 60 seconds. We're going to give them. We're going to start them off with a with a, a Palace player and their squad number. Each player's then got 60 seconds to guess whether the subsequent player is squad number is either higher or lower. Um, we're going pit to pit a contestant against the listener each week. If the contestant beats one of our illustrious panel. Um, onto a leaderboard and top of the leaderboard at the end of the season wins a very nice prize which we don't know what it is yet but i can assure you it'll be mind-blowing so um who have we got who's our who's our first victim on steve it's, bruce's play it's card dave. Right? it's dave yeah, how are you dave i'm good mate you i'm not too bad are you uh, how would you rate your knowledge of um crystal palace players past and present squad numbers pretty pretty good i'm not gonna lie it's not, not the best in the world but you know we'll give it a bash Fair enough. Right, do you need me to go through the rules? Um, high ball, squad numbers like 10, I've got to say, higher or lower than the 10. That's the right. one. I, I, I have to stress, I have to stress, if you get one wrong answer, the clock stops out of the game. It's harsh, but it's fair. Okay? <laughs> and that's what you'll hear, should that happen. <laughs> Next. Okay, yeah. Okay, so so Dave, what we're going to do is we're going to let a, we're going to let one the host go first to to raise what will probably be a very low bar. Right, okay. And then we'll and then we'll bring you in and see if uh, see if you can be it. So my randomly selected uh, presenter, I'm just going to put that into the computer now. It's Mr. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Mr. Gel Holyoke, everybody. So oh. um. <laughs> so Gel, Gel, <laughs> do you need me to go through the rules again, or were you listening? What what what? Are we playing a game? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I'm joking. Come on, get on with it. <laughs> and I don't right. know how you can ask me this. I never buy a programme and I'm blind. <laughs> I ain't got a clue. Dave, if you don't beat me, you're an idiot. Ready? <laughs> right. Mikey, you ready with the, with the, with the, uh, with the timer? Okay, your first player, Gel, is Julian Speroni, number one. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Eunice Colker. Higher. Joe Ledley. Lower. Out of the game. Play the noise. Oh, <laughs> that oh is... she's calling me. She completely put me off. That she's is unlucky. That's, I mean, it's oh. embarrassing, isn't it? That unlucky? Is. That was rubbish. <laughs> right. This is going to be a very <laughs> quick feature. You can see he's a play. You know, he's, he's a terrific player. He's not Steve Bruce. Right, Gel. You've ruined it, basically. So, right, Dave, you obviously right. get the idea. You got, you, take your time. You've got 60 seconds. You've only got to beat two, yeah? So you can probably Google it, to be honest, in that time. So, right, here we go. So your first player is Kevin Miller. Kevin Miller, number one. 
Right. Sandor Torgelli. Higher. Tommy Black. Lower. Play the noise. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh. Unbelievable! <laughs> so Gel, you won. Again. Did, did, did I win? You well, actually won, Joe. You have somehow you actually won. I don't know, Dave. That is unlucky, mate. I'd have gone lower there as well. I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to reveal the answers because they may come up in future quizzes. So, right. Uh, so, so unfortunately, Dave. Well, you, you don't make the leaderboard. Had you beaten Joe, you would have made the leaderboard. But unfortunately, you don't. Um, there you go, Albert. I just thought I'd help out there. Off you go. Finish the quiz. <laughs> And that's the end of the quiz. <laughs> well, I think that went brilliantly. Uh, Dave, while you're on, mate, what did you think of the game yesterday? I was cracking. Really, really good. No, I didn't manage to get down there, so I watched it. Well, managed to see it somewhere. Totally legit. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, brilliant. Great fight back, great spirit. Um, the only thing I will say, though, is have a look at Sonogo. Not really sure what you bring us to the table that we ain't got already. Mm, it's a good mm. question, yeah, and you know yeah. what? We're gonna uh, we're gonna take that on, Dave. Uh, we're gonna let you go. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna uh, gonna take that question on and use it to be in our discussion. Thank you so much for your call today, and thanks for playing the. No, um... I'm gonna go and hang my head in shame now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll be all right. You'll get over it in a couple of days, mate. I'm sure. We'll... <laughs> Just call in again next week because no one else will. <laughs> good idea. I'll brush up my knowledge. Cheers, man. Nice Cheers, one. Cheers, guys. Well, there you go. Let's let's start with what Dave said and talk about Yaya Sanogo. Um, my personal opinion is that um, I thought it was a, I, I'm going to call it an interesting debut. Um, in that I thought he led the line quite well, uh, but he was just a little bit. You know, obviously he wasn't on the same wavelength as the rest of the players. It was a few nice little flicks, but he was a little bit, you know, incon- certainly inconsistent in possession. But I think it, I think I just thought it was interesting. I think I can see why we got him in, but. You know, I wouldn't call him effective straight away. How did you think uh, he got on from actually just from you know from being at the game, Terence? Um, interesting is good. I thought he controlled the ball well. He pulled the ball down out of the air on his chests on several occasions with pressure from behind, which shows that he's definitely got the ability to hold the ball up, which you know is essential really in our style of play to bring our wingers into play. But to expect him to be on the wavelength, same wavelength after only being there for a couple of days, you know, he did well enough. Um, it's hard to judge, though, based on just the one performance. Yeah, and obviously people are often keen to uh, keen to sort of make instant judgments on players, which is probably going to be a theme of today when we're talking about people like Dwight Gale and Jason Punchin. But um, Patrick, you know, you've, I think you, you know, you're, you're one who's defended the strikers that are at the club, you know, the likes of Fraser Campbell, who's taken a lot of stick. What did you think of Sonogo? I like what I saw a lot. Um, he's he's very big. I like him to play a little bit bigger, as if you know what I mean. Um, he seemed like he got knocked down a little bit, but I really like his touch. He made some very good runs into space. There was a uh, play in a game where Wolf had a cross where the guy got cut off. He was right in position to score, but had a tap in. And then later on, on that Gale uh, free kick in the second half, he was right there again and got cut out before he could score. So I think for someone who had a debut, played two thirds of a match, I think he did really well. I don't think you can really judge him on yesterday, but I like what I've seen so far. I think he's uh, definitely going to add uh, something different to our front line. Joe, mm. uh, go on. No, go on. There was a response there, I think. Or did I just. I don't know. That was just me agreeing. Oh, okay. <laughs> well done. <laughs> sorry. Joe, <laughs> sorry, mate. Go on. I thought he did all right. Didn't do yeah. anything special. I mean, the, the thing is, I've got loads of Gooner mates, and I mean, they've caned him. They're well pleased that he's gone. Um, for some unknown reason, but 
you know, he didn't cost fifty million quid. So they, anyone that doesn't is not going to, you know, not going to fit in with him. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I think you know the standing joke with the rest of the league now is having having him and uh, and Shamak up front. Um, but anyway, I, I thought he did all right. Um, you know, can't we, can, there's, there's no way we can cane him on two thirds of a game. Oh, absolutely, you know, he just he, he did what he did. Um, it's going to take a lot of getting used to from the way that we play and the way that Arsenal play. Um, you know, you've, got to, you've got to remember as well that you know this is a player that Arsene Wenger signed, so he doesn't sign rubbish. Hmm, interesting sound in the background there. Um, Albert, your view? Yes, yeah, similar to the consensus, really. I, I don't think you can um, you can pan him based on yesterday. He he just looked like a, a player with potential and a good touch who who, act, who hasn't played much football, which is exactly what he is. So uh, certainly certainly promising. Got a couple of sniffs at goal, didn't he? There was one towards the end of the first half where he sort of got his head to something and it nearly deflected off a defender in. And um, funnily enough, on, on punch and strike for the second goal, it, it very nearly clipped his ankles. He did well to get out of the way of it. But yeah, you say, plenty of energy up front and, and very early to start judging him, I think. But um, yeah, it's, it, it's yeah, early days for him. Very early Were we days. satisfied with the levels of chaos that he brought. To the team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see a lot of chaos. I have to say. I was hoping for some slappings, uh, <laughs> you know, m- maybe getting his knob out or something, just like crazy chaos. But we, you know, but like I say, promising. He got yellow carded yeah. at least. Yeah, there he did. Go. That's true. That's true. At least, yeah. <laughs> That's chaotic some, sometimes. Some chaos. Uh, Joe, you mentioned there was a, a, a one-two with Wilf. Yeah, I, you know, got even a commentator turned around and said he should have shot. But I mean, that, that was all. I think he was trying to be. You know, trying to not come across greedy when when he did have that chance to shoot, Wilf put him in. Um, he did and have about he, and, four players in front of him as well. Well, yeah, but he, he, he would have. He, the way that they're saying, not not me. I'm just saying that you know, if he'd have shot, it would have been it was the better option than trying to pass it sideways to Wilf. Yeah, I think, and that's I suppose that's a, a sort of moment of concern that people will pick up on because I think you know we've got a few sort of question marks over shot shy strikers, particularly Shamak. Who, who very rarely seems to shoot, and we certainly don't really want another one. But see, we're in the market for other strikers as well. But having said that, you know, Dwight Gale's on, on absolutely on fire. So I think that's, that's something we'll, we'll come to. It's good to have a look at Snowgo. But like you say, very, very early days to be talking about him. Um, I want to talk, talk a little bit about the way we set up. Because um, we, we started the game, we tried to match Burnley, didn't we? We went 4 4 2 pretty much at the very, very beginning and, and were two down pretty quickly and really struggled to get a hold of it in midfield. Um, could you see the, the logic in, in trying to start that way, Patrick? Uh, yeah, I could. Um, it didn't work, but I can see the logic in it. Um, just based on the fact that, um, like you just said, we're, gonna, we're trying to match Burnley. But uh, what I liked was that. Um, it may have taken the two goals, but at least at least Pardew decided, you know what, this isn't going to work. Let's try something different, um, because uh, some matches would have just stuck with the four four two regardless. But um, it obviously uh, didn't work, and um, I'm really glad that you know after <laughs> falling behind, we decided to you know change it up to the. I think it might have been a four two three one. I'm not really sure exactly what mm. it was. It kind of morphed them a four five one to. A, I think it might have been a four two three one. So again, the four two four wasn't going to work. It's not. It nev- it's never going to work with Ledley and MacArthur in the middle. I don't think they bring enough. There's too much. They get. They can go overrun without yeah. Vincent's having Jedi in there. But um, again, it's nice to know that we we have a plan B. Yeah, it was. It was a definitely. It was interesting. Switch. He obviously put Gale over to the left where he's been operating quite often and brought Punch into sort of a free roll in behind. So no go, I thought, and I think that's where the game turned for me. Obviously, it stuck Wilf out on the right, and Wilf had a lot more success out there immediately. 
But I thought, I just thought it, getting Punchin into that sort of free running role, it allowed him to influence the game where he had been, you know, very very quiet up to that moment. And he's he's um you know he's a he's our key player in my view, and, and, and I'm sure we'll come to that. Uh, Terence, what what did you reckon about the sort of the, the formation and the setup? Obviously, refreshing to see the change quickly made. Well, yeah, I'd, I, I'm yet to see all of this Alan Pardew's clueless with tactics that Newcastle <laughs> have kept telling us. Because yeah. in every, well, Dover aside, obviously, his first two games, he's made key changes in the game that have completely changed the outcome of the game. The, I, again, I can see the logic of the 4 4 2 to match them. Burnley are very predictable in their setup. You know what you're, they're get, you're getting when you play them. I think it was the eighth time in a row that they started with the same 11. So you know exactly what you're getting. So the four-four-two made sense. Refereeing decisions and two quick goals. He changes it, and it, I, I think it was a four-two-three-one. I thought um, oh, yeah. I was impressed with Ledley, who just played the Jednak role. He didn't. He barely crossed the halfway line, yeah. which is very strange to see for him. And it, it just made interception after interception. So I was very impressed with Ledley in there. McCarthy was his great usual self, and. I thought it worked with the fluidity between Gao, Punchin, and Zaha in, in like sort of behind Sonogo as it was. And um, strange though because Warnock tried that exact same thing with the Southampton game at home, and we looked useless. So yeah, yeah. No, it's, I, that's what I suppose. That's what kind of worried yeah. me in a way with the with the four four two being just such a disaster in, in you know those opening twenty minutes because I worry that we're a little bit inflexible and we only know one way to play. I do think it's absolutely vital we have extra bodies in midfield. Like you say, we the the two, the two on that in there on their own, I just for some reason we can't play a, a central two in midfield and it's been that way for quite a long time at Palace. Uh, do you think there's a there's a bit of that Albert, you know, in terms a bit of inflexibility in our tactics or am I being unfair? Uh, I think there there has been. Um I, you know certainly under under Warnock there was there was sort of a plan A. And then, uh, like you had to, you had to scratch around for any any plan B or or C or D. But um, yeah. I think yes, yesterday. I mean, I, I wasn't too convinced at the beginning of the Spurs game, for example. Dwight Gale out wide didn't really um, didn't sort of excite me too much. But you know, when Balassi's away and um, and Wilf was struggling with a bit of form, then you, you know you're sort of you're backed into a corner for these sort of decisions, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, based on the last couple of games, I, th- I think there's there's probably a bit you know there is some flexibility there, but we we could certainly do with a couple more bodies to you know to improve that. But you know, it's there, it's there, but not in spades. Yeah, okay. Um, talk, I mean, you mentioned mentioned Gale on the left there. I'm gonna come back and ask Gail about that because there's a couple of things that we've said um, we've said in the past, both myself and Gail, when we've talked about Dwight Gale and, and the types of goals he scores. So I just want to remind everyone later on we're going to be having a, a, a competition. Um, called Nick Gessett, named after Nick Gillard, who's also known as Nick Gussett. That's a bit convoluted, but anyway, um, we are we are going to. If you, if you have anyway. to explain it, it's normally yeah, normal. yeah, it's <laughs> convoluted. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> but, um, yeah, later on we'll be we sort of trialed it the last couple of shows in terms of what's going to happen. There's um, I'll, I'll let you hear the clip now. There's four different voices, and we want you to identify all four to win a um to win two tickets to the Man United Premier League game towards the end of the season. But uh, if you're able to get two correct guesses today, we will. We've got two tickets to give away for the Southampton FA Cup match on Saturday. So uh, be prepared to phone in a little bit later on. Uh, but let's, let's hear the clip now. The best outstanding bookstores. I love it. So there's four separate voices there. Let's hear it one more time. The best outstanding bookstores. I love it. 
So if you can identify two of those today, you can uh, and you call us up and you give us those answers, we will award you with uh, two tickets to the Southampton FA Cup game on Saturday. Uh, and I'll advise you later on when the phone lines are open. There you go. That's all right then. I think that covers that. Um, so, Joe, as I was mentioning a moment ago, we talked about Dwight Gale a fair few times. Uh, all right, I've actually... Joe has re- rejected this question once Patrick to, t- to cover it, but fair enough, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, just be Joe for the moment. I think he's probably eating. So, no, but no. I, I, let me, I'll cover the question. Basically, the types of goals we, we identify Gale as scoring um, didn't really suit that lone striker role, did they? Because... You know, ball hoofed up to hoofed up to him, that sort of stuff. It wasn't really how he was scoring his goals. He was scoring a lot of his goals running onto the ball in space, you know, and just getting a shot away. And he's got a hell of a shot. We mentioned it before, either foot, left to right, drill it, you know, absolutely deadly accuracy and an amazing power he gets. But um he's now getting that space, isn't he, out on the left? He is. And just uh, I wanna give a quick quote from Pardu on that today last night. He said uh, on Gale. He's straightforward, he's quick, good in the air, two feet, good attitude, blimey, just his experience. And that really sums up Dwight Gale. If you think about the way he plays, and I've got a stat really also, he's got 18 goals in 19 starts at Palace, which is ridiculous. 18 saw, goals in 19 starts in two I saw, years. saw that stat, it was um, Hopkins, yeah. it's a curl one, put that up. Yeah, it's, it's, the credit. yeah. it's ridiculous. And just as far as him playing wide, I was so against it, um, after the way he we played last year. But the, he has really adapted into that role because if you watch how he does it, he doesn't play wide like Blasio Zaha plays. He kind of tucks in. He'll play wide defensively. He'll tuck in. He plays off of the other striker. And because he's two-footed, he can cut in. Like that, this, I'm not, you know, the, the goals that he scored yesterday, you know, the second goal, the way he took it on his right foot, brought it across <coughs> his left foot and shot it, it was just, it's just brilliant. He would never score that goal if he was playing as a striker. He had to come in from the outside. So the point being with Gale, he's actually adapted himself, or someone has adapted him to that role of the quote-unquote wide player. So I think him playing wide is actually going to work for us. My only concern, obviously, was, is that um, with Blastian Jelly coming back and Shamak, who's going who's to play and who doesn't play? But I'll tell you one thing, Gale has to play. Go on, Terence. Well, I'll, 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 I'll okay. say, firstly, okay. I don't think Shamak. Oh, I can't see him getting back in. Mm. That's, that's, the, that's the truth as well. That's yeah. not me. You know, I'm nothing against him. I, I, I love him, but... Well, I don't love him. I like him. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, he's... Come on, Joe. Open up. But, no, I, I, can't see him get, I can't see him getting back. I think he'll be... I think he'll be a cup player. Um... Because I think we've, I think we've moved on in the little bit of time that he has been out. Um, I, I really do think we've moved on. I want to definitely come back to the point on Shamak because I'm, yeah, I'm kind of formulate what I want to say. Uh, no, no, I mean, like I could need to formulate how I'm going to put it a bit. But I want to give Terence a chance to expand on the, the point about Gale. Yes, um, I love how di- he's just so direct. The w- he looks so much more dangerous when he's got one-on-one and he's running. Our other wingers like to do a trick, try and get round them, you know, give enough time for another player to get over and help out the defender. Gal just puts his head down, runs at them, and all he needs is half a yard on either side, and he'll shoot from anywhere. And he hits that, uh, his percentage of shots hitting the target is over 70% in a Palace shirt. Wow. Yeah. It's just insane. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And being so hard as well, doesn't he? Yeah, that's exactly it, Joe. We talked about him in the in the warm-ups a number of times on here, haven't we? Just watching him in the warm-up, yep. how he hits. He can hit top corner, either foot, and it's just consistent. And everyone else is kind of shanking him wide and all that stuff. But so he's just, just the, every time. Just one little thing about him. See, when we first bought him, everyone was going, oh, we paid 
Squillions, you know, on this kid that know, you know, he was playing football, football league, or you know, lower league football three years ago, four years ago, and everyone kind us about him. But if you look at all the stuff, you know, we had, every now and then we got a, a decent um, Peterborough fan come on and said, look at it, look at all the, the, the links on YouTube. Just go on YouTube and watch what he did for Peterborough. He absolutely laces the ball. This, this is not a new thing. It's a new thing for for people that hadn't seen him before, and for the rest mm. of the Premier League. But he's been doing this since he came out of non-league. He was regularly doing it. That's why we paid. You know what we did at the time was was a record fee for for a striker. You know we, we just didn't know what it was about him. Why he couldn't get that that you know the elusive, huge run of games that that were given to some players that you know that, that shouldn't have. You know yeah, everyone would be sick now to see what he could do. Maybe the time wasn't right. Maybe the time is right now. Yeah, go, go on, Albert. You jump in here. I've always I've always said that um, like Jermaine Defoe. As a player, you know, he, he hit for a small lad. He hits the ball really, really hard, and always manages to bury it in either of the corners. And I think that's why it's it's, it's not um that's not a dissimilar description that I'd apply to Gale really. And you know, people saying how we missed out on Defoe, and you look how much the dealers cost. I think we've I think we've got our own Defoe, albeit what ten years younger. In Dwight Gale, we just need to run a games. You know, he could he can hit the ball hard, and you know he he can score from from twenty yards. He can you know he can score from six yards. You know, he's he's an all round. You know, like we as we said, he, he hits the ball so so true and so accurate. I think um, I think he's our alternative to to a, to a, an aging Jermaine Defoe. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Giles was putting in our, our chat here that certainly better than spending eighty eight grand a week on an aging Defoe. You know, you've got someone like Gale in, on the sidelines. Uh, Terence. Yeah. Um, also, aside from the blasting as well, if you take a look at his goal at Villa, he has different kind of goals in him as well. He can, he's got that deft touch if he needs it. Yeah, no, that's and, that's and a the scream a free kick. Oh yeah, yeah, there's that as well. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's got an awful lot. The only thing he kind of doesn't really do is tappings, isn't it? I, I guess I haven't really seen too many of those. I suppose uh, I'm sure he's probably had a couple uh, in a Palace shirt, but like I said, he's he's yeah, it's it's. It's interesting, and I really, I'm enjoying him playing that wide role now because I like Patrick. I had reservations as well. Uh, you know, I just think it's this being played as an inside forward rather than a winger. I think that's the difference. That's, I mean, that's football manager talking there. But I, I know, you know, it, it just, it's a, it's a different thing. And you see the way he actually linked up with Punchin for Punchin's goal as well. You know, he's got his back to goal, but he's out wide. He's under a bit, little bit less pressure, and he just lays the ball off casually to Punchin so he can get a run at goal. It's, it's nice to see him getting involved in more. Um, I think there's some chat room feedback from Albert. Yeah, I mean, Joe, you're proving a, 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 deci- a, a, a divisive. De- divisive, that's well done. I know he said decisive, which he definitely fucking isn't. Um, <laughs> A lot of people, you know, a lot of people saying, you know, Shamaka's quality. How can how can Gel say he can't get back in the team? And then you've got you got other people saying, well, you know, it shows how far we've come that Shamaka can't get in the team. That was Robert CPFC, um, and Lyons was going back to sort of our inflexibility. Is he thinks that Pardew's good at dealing with with getting people out of the squad and, and doing for the best of the team um, squad rotation? He thinks it's a, an important part of of Pardew's game, um, and that's about it. Apart from that, I'm getting stick about not mentioning them enough, to be honest. Can I come back? Albert, right, this is a question to the chat room then. Tell me who you drop to bring Shamak back in. By the way, the geezer and his only, only good part about his game is he holds the ball. <coughs> but right, so tell me who we got to drop. From Stay yesterday's off. team, who we got to drop? Joe, you might have to drop someone for Jedi and Balassi too, by the way. Who drops them? Patrick, Patrick, you're cutting out a little bit there, mate. Don't, if you really want to sort oh. your US-based internet out. Sorry. Honestly. 
That's all right. No, it's fine, mate. I, well, it might, hopefully it's not just me who heard you cutting out there. But um, no, I know what you mean. I was going to talk about uh, Balassi as well. But since we're on the subject of Schumach, um, I think f- for me, in the, the team yesterday, if I was to put him in that team, it would be for Sonogo. Um, but I don't necessarily think it's his best position. Um, and I'm not sure. And I'm not, because, you know, and with the lack of pace, uh, I don't think it, 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 it well, it, he wouldn't offer think, some things that Sonogo does. Go do you think, do you think Sonogo would have, would have done with that header that, that, uh, that, that let go in for the, oh, well, for years to the Murray. No, do I don't think, think you, he would. No, see, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Murray, yeah, but right, Murray yeah. has guile about him and that's what, and that's what Gal needs. He needs Murray. Yeah. yeah, yeah as, as simple as that. And then Murray, but Murray is, he's, you know, he, I just think, I just think he's a better player than him, you know. But they're, same, they're the same age. I think Murray might be a year older than Chemek. It's a it's a really difficult one. Uh, Terence, you're, you're someone who rated or rates uh, Shemak as much as I do in terms of his technical ability. Where do you think he fits in? Um, out of yesterday's team, you take out Zaha, move punch him wide, and put him in the middle. I d- if he's fit, he, he plays for me. He's technically our best player. He's got a vision that a lot of our other players don't have. And he's got the work rate. I, I just don't see how he doesn't play if he's fit. Mm. He wasn't in, in the squad yesterday, was he? And I believe he is fit. So uh, certainly got to try and try and win over Alan Pardew by the looks of it. And when you're in a winning team, it's the old saying, isn't it? Don't change a winning team. Yeah. Um, yeah, just picking up on a couple of tweets we've got in. Mark Benici saying all we're really saying is we've got a very strong squad now. He's finished it with in it, but don't approve of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Max Palace, while we were on the subject of, of strikers, says, "What do you guys think of the possible signing of Rudy Gested from Blackburn, uh, former Cardiff player?" Uh, it's a Warnock was, signing. It does feel <clears throat> like it's. He was a little. I'm sure we've, we're having a look at him, but I, I would hope we're. Um, well, what, you know, setting ourselves higher. Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah, yeah I mean, me too. he's done really well. He's done really well this season, isn't he? Sort of, and back end of last, I think. Um, but I mean, when, you know. Back when I've actually seen him play, he didn't particularly impress me. But he's probably, I get the impression he's moved on a bit. Um, any other view, any other views on that? Stop spending seven, eight million quid on championship players and take that money into Europe. Mm. Well, we're linked with was it fourteen million for Troy Deeney as well? Mm. Oh, he's a joke. Really? That's a joke. Yeah. Jesus. Trouble, it's trouble is it's so much money to go and get someone who's scoring goals now, particularly in this country. You know, when you think it's you think back to Russ McCormack in the summer, it's just horrendous. Go on, Terence. Uh, t- all of this talk about needing another striker, I just, I don't, I don't see it. Murray has shown enough for me in the last couple of games that now he's match fit. He's got there's something about him. He get he he gets into the right positions all the time, and he he's very unlucky not to have two goals in his last two games. Great save from Hugo Lloris against Spurs. And yesterday, that volley that hit the post, how he got his foot up there, I have no idea. Yes. It showed great, great technique. And if he scores two goals there, all of a sudden, someone's talking about him in a very, people are talking about him in a very different light. He, he, he makes up for his lack of pace with his, with, his, with his brain. He's got a fantastic football brain. Correct. Murray really, really is. And I, I just, I, I agree with you. I mean, I'm just, I'm just trying to go, I mean, I can't see, Sonogo's not staying with us. Which, which then you take him, take him out. I mean, I can't. We can't be keeping him. Um, I just think we need to. Yeah, um, get another striker. But mm. you know, well, I completely well, understand I, what everyone's saying. But I, I worry in certain games that Murray won't be able to stretch defenses like we kind of need from the from the I front. Agree. But but um, I'll come no, back. But we to have got Shemek, though, haven't we? That's what I'm saying. 
We've got, we've got yeah, three players that play in that position. I don't think Shamak stretch, stretches defences either. I think the only one who potentially could have lost strikers at the moment is Sonogo on loan. But, you know, he's he's very raw. Patrick, you said you said you wanted to speak first about strikers, and I'll come back to Albert. Yeah, I just don't think the need is there. As um, you guys are just saying, I don't think with, with Murray showing some potential and obviously punch now to me is key. Punching scored important goals last year and he started scoring again. If you have him scoring... And you have Murray maybe chipping and you don't have to go out and buy a striker. Well, I think we put another season on the back mm. and obviously maybe potentially um, uh, either a central defender or central midfielder because to me that's uh, probably where we should focus on instead yeah. of a striker. Yeah, you have gone a little robotic there, Patrick. You might need a little re- reboot. Um, it happens to all of us, doesn't <laughs> it? <laughs> it happens to you every week, no matter what computer you're using or house you're house, using. Bag, house, yeah. internet yeah. provider. <clears throat> Um, go on, Albert. Your your view on that. I've got most of what Patrick was saying, and I'll yep, see where he's coming I from. Yeah, I'm just just expanding on on the Murray point. Really, I, th- I think Murray's shown glimpses, but I, I'm still not sure that he's the answer. I know that's an unpopular opinion amongst the Murray faithful, especially our own uh, Alex White. But um, like, yeah, you know, it's it's two games. It's hard to judge someone on on two games, and Murray's only been back for two games. But you know, bar. His, you know, the Larice save that Terence was talking about and hitting the post yesterday. I think, and I'm, this this might put me in hot water here. Um, he's, I think Murray's getting a bit too much credit for this uh, leaving the ball for, for getting a bit too much credit for the allowing the ball go to go through to Gale. Oh, I don't think I don't think Murray could, I don't think Murray could have headed that if he wanted to. Um, all right, go on, Terence. You can come back because even though I'm sort of making that point and. Uh, not on not on that move. I was sort of making the point that Murray's not quite mobile enough in every game. I do kind of. I, well, I'm pretty much probably going to say what you're about to say. He's he hasn't tried to head it because he doesn't need to. He just knows he needs to let it go past. And by blocking exactly. off the path, you see his movement, his body movement is very very deliberate to stop Trippier being able to turn around. He takes him out, doesn't he? He takes him out, out, out of the play. He takes it's him it's out. Like if you look out. really closely, his knee buckles a bit, and that's why he sort of jolts <laughs> a little bit. That's why. You know what I mean? Come on, guys. It was, uh, like, I think... it was like an American football block. It was designed yeah. in that sort of sense. He's, de- he's deli- deliberately blocked off Trippier's run yeah. and enabled Gale to get in behind. I think it's a brilliant piece of play. Totally, it really is. And, they, and uh, Danny Ings was on, um, what's it, uh, the Sunday thing. I forget what it's called. Soccer Sunday Songs or something like that. Goals on Sunday, thank you. Songs of um, praise. Songs of praise, yeah. Uh, Danny Ings was on that and he was talking about the experience of someone like Murray. He said he's just, he's just used his body to move Trippier under the flight of the ball and... You know that was it. You know, sort of game over kind of thing. I mean, Gale's got an awful lot to do from there anyway, and, and did it brilliantly. But it was it was an it was a great piece of play from Murray, and he's he's full of little things like that. Joe mentioned earlier, you know, and that I, I think you, I thought you were almost going to say what I'm about to say that it's the whole Sheringham thing, isn't it? The extra yard in the head and all that sort of stuff. Um, and he, he is a bit like that. But I mean, you know, if we go out and we spend a bunch of money on a you know, on a name striker, I'm still, I still wonder what his uh, future is. But he's been, he's been decent. He's been much, much better than I'd, I thought he would. And don't get me wrong, it's because I hoped, I honestly hoped he'd come back and be brilliant. Um, but I just thought him, you know, I just honestly thought he'd come back and be sluggish and, and not look up to the standard. And I've been pleasantly surprised. Um, let's, uh, let's have a chat about some, some, uh, some of the goals then. The opening goal, um, Al, I think you wanted to talk about this. Initially, if, unless I read the chat wrong there. Um, the opening goal, the ball was outside of the quadrant, I've been told. 
It was, well, I think it was, yeah. I mean, I, I know we, there were some people on, on social media saying, oh, ultimately it doesn't matter. But, you know, it, it does really. You know, it's, it's no different to a goalkeeper being off their line for a penalty. Um, and it doesn't seem to be getting talked about much. I think if that happens in a game against Chelsea, you know, any of the top four that we always bang on about, it'd be on the back page. You know, we'd be coming out complaining about it. And, all right, we won the game. So, ultimately, it's irrelevant. But I think that and the... The, the second goal, uh, you know, uh, all the commentators seem to be fixed on the fact that we were saying, oh, the ball was out of play, which it wasn't. But for me, J- Joe Ward's been, you know, essentially bundled off the ball. Yeah. Um, and I th- n- neither of those goals should stand, in my opinion. I, I, I completely agree. Um, I do think that you've got to look at the, the corner one. I don't, again, I haven't seen all of the angles of it. So maybe part of the ball is overhanging it, but it really <laughs> didn't look like it. You know what I mean? I'm being generous there, but... At the end of the day, you've still got to defend that. And there's, we got a message in from uh, Liam Morgan uh, by, by email. And he was talking about, obviously, he thinks Gale should be started every game, natural finisher, pretty much agreeing with what we've been saying there. But he also mentions that he thinks it's going to be Spironi's last season at the club. Um, and are we comfortable with Hennessy taking his place? He's like, he's a great, you know, good keeper. But every time I've seen him play, he just doesn't seem up to the sort of standard anymore. Um, Obviously, that's a that's a point that keeps getting brought up. I think. Um, was do you think Spironi was at fault for that first goal? I've had a look at it, and I think both he and MacArthur coming off the post sort of lose the lose the flight of it a little bit. But you know, Ledley loses his man. Uh, any any thoughts there? Um, yeah, I think it, it was a blustery day for starters. Mm. Uh, I, I'm not making excuses for a Spironi. He should do a, he should do a lot better there. It's a fact. But it was quite windy. He's hung it up there, and it was the ball was in the air for a long time, a long, long time. And but you have to defend it better. But yeah. there was the elements to take into account. I th- it's interesting that you mentioned that because when I watched them earlier, they both McCarver and Speroni lose it at exactly the same moment. It's pretty synchronized. So maybe a gust of wind did suddenly, suddenly divert it. But I mean, it does it does raise the question again o- over Julian Speroni and how long he can continue being the number one keeper. But I think well, go on, Albert. You're gonna. I, th- I think people have been a bit harsh on Jules there. You look at the angle of that ball. It's such an odd, unique flight of a ball. And I think Terence has said it was a blustery day. It, it, it oversails the goal or looks like it's an oversail the goal. And it drops dramatically, uh, you know, a, a rate of knots. And it's, all, you know, it's almost out of play. And it's such a, it's such a tight angle that, um, is it Ben Mee, the, the defender that gets head on it? Such a tight angle. I think the only person you can hold responsible, like it's it's understandable that Jules has lost the flight of that ball because it, it, it whips in and drops. But MacArthur for me should be clearing that off the off the back stick, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, he just just come off the post. Go on, Joe. Well, MacArthur made up for it in the second half anyway by denying when it was two two. He, he had one off the line. So um, no, if you ever look at Jules, I mean, he, he's defeated him completely because he didn't even stick his hands up. Like he was actually going to stick his hands up and catch it. He didn't. He, his hands didn't get above his shoulders. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. I've said it before. Just you know, every now and then he does something to to make me think that maybe it's you know it's time. But it will be someday, won't it? it, Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. But it will be harsh. And when we, you know, that everyone seems to have a goalkeeper that's uh, that's absolutely massive. We've got one, and we, you know, we don't, we don't, we ain't playing him at the moment. Um, I'd be playing him if it was me. I know it sounds harsh. Maybe it's a you know, we say there's no sentiment left in football, maybe because it's his, his last year, his 10 years and 30 years. I can't see it, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd rather have someone that's going to... And then, But then, you you know, he, and then he pulls off a worldie when he's, when he's, you know, when you need him to, so... Yeah, 
it's, I Give think, it's, I mean, goalkeeper, goalkeeper's a mental anyway, and they yeah. it'll be a goalkeeper, so. It's, it, I thought it was, really, it was a definite sort of change when Hennessy played against Dover, and I know it's only Dover, but um, he, he, distribution-wise, he looked very good in that game, um, and he, he did look a really physically, you know, huge presence um, as well, and I, I think sort of people have started to warm to the idea of giving him a, giving him a shout, but, you know, this is Julian Brody, and every time people start to write him off, generally speaking, he ups his game somehow, and he suddenly, you know, and maybe there's an argument to say he probably shouldn't have got player of the year last year, but he was superb at the back end of last season. Um, yeah, and you know, it'd be great to see him on a, on, on Tuesday night at the um, the Gloves Are Off event at Fairfield Halls as well. So, I mean, he's a proper club legend, and it's always going to be difficult to be completely objective about it. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a. I think it's a question we'll keep coming back to this season. Um, all right, let's. Uh, I just want to have a quick chat about Wilf because going back to the goals, obviously we talked about the goals we've conceded um, to, to a point as well. I think there's very little doubt that I think because Ward was off the pitch for that foul, it should have been a drop ball. Apparently, you can't commit a foul if both players are off the pitch or some rubbish like that. But should certainly should have been a drop ball, and neither should have counted really. But the actual goals we scored after that tactical switch we talked about, um, that the the first goal was made by Wilf. Um, you know, he got a little ball a little bit caught under his feet at first, but then just paced right past a couple of players, whipped it in. MacArthur maybe should have connected to him and put it in, but found its way to goal and he's drilled it in. What what do we think of Wilf's performance overall? Um, go on, Me? Jump yeah, go on, go. Lack of tricks yesterday, more direct. How good is he when he's just direct? That that particular play, that was that was three phases that play. He picked up he, he was past the ball out on the right, he got tackled, ball went backwards. He then got it again, was tackled, had to go backwards, picked it up again, skinned two defenders, crossed it. MacArthur should have scored, really, you know, six inches out, wherever he was. Um, and then uh, and then Gal, you know, slapped it in. But I, I, I was I was a little bit, you know, when he came off, I, I just thought he was. He, look, he always looks very dangerous, even when he looks like he's... Maybe that's what they're going to do, going to pay him for, mm. you know, 60 minutes and then... <laughs> I think he's just building building a bit of confidence up with him, isn't he, Pardew? I think that's that well, that's the way I see it. And he had become slightly ineffective by the the time he got taken off in the second half. And you know, I don't think that's necessarily uh, you know a negative to him. I just think he's he's just taking a bit of time to get fully up to speed. What do you think, Terence? Um, sorry, I'm just I, I want to dwell a little bit on James MacArthur's miss. Go on, how has yeah. he kicked that backwards? Do you remember yeah. <laughs> last season when he, he headed it backwards? When he yeah, got yeah, yeah. So it was just as bad as that. I don't know how he managed to do it. <laughs> I honestly thought when I first the, the angle I first saw it out, I thought the, I thought he'd hit it forwards and the keeper had saved it. <laughs> I've just but then you sort of watch the the highlights and you're like, all oh, right, okay. <laughs> um, it's like he's got there too quick and his foot's angled already. Yeah. It's like he's like he trying to stud it in and it's actually hit the back, hit the, hit the front of his foot and gone backwards. Like you say, it was, yeah. just, it was bizarre. But You know, you talk about people with a 50p head, he's got a 50p foot as well. <laughs> I, think he was, I think he was being selfless and landing on an assist for the one. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. 
That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Okay, I think you're always being incredibly assist. harsh. Come on. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Patrick? Patrick? Good point. Good point, Patrick. Have you got Can you hear me now? Yeah, there we go. Hear me now. I want to make sure it's okay. For Carter, though, I will say this. He gets in position to score goals, which he wasn't doing earlier in the season. If you know, he pushes a lot further forward. So I'm like Terrence. I don't know how he missed that chance, but he... You know, he, he's getting in the areas, and I think he'll score more goals once he does that. As far as Wolf's concerned, I think definitely getting Pardew has been one of the things that's really helped Wolf. I think Pardew's the kind of manager that will really put his arm around Wolf, know when to play him, when not to play him, know when to take him out. And, and as you guys said, he's been a lot more direct. He made one cross yesterday from the 18th, when I think it went to um, heading towards Manchester right now. It was so poor. So if he just takes the ball to the line and puts those low, nice, low crosses over, I think it would be much better than trying to take the ball and cross the ball deep. But he's definitely coming on, and I think we're going to see a lot more from Wilf towards you know this and then toward the end of the season. I definitely hope so. I'll talk a little bit more about Wilf in a second. Uh, Joe, we've had a comment in about you eating on the radio, anything nice. I'm less pleased about it, as you know. <laughs> I'm actually not eating. I ate before. You were before. No, you we sat, when you were last talking, I was still you? chewing on it. I yeah, was... over that you regurgitated something like a oh, like just... a bird feeding its young. Look, but... it's my worthers. I'm just sucking. Yeah. On Other toffees are available. Other... <laughs> no, they're not. Let's get... They're all let's get... they're all substandard. Um, I just want to go on about MacArthur. Um, the 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 thing is, I think what we have noticed as well is he's like yesterday he missed from from a yard out, but the fact is he was there. He was a yard out. And, and that, to me, you know, he had, the, he had a couple of chances last week. He, he is creating chances of his own. You know, you know he scored, he, he scored one, but more, more, more by luck than judgment. I think that looping header. Um, but, <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, but, you know, he's, he, he gets into positions. And I think, you know, he's, he is a new player. He's, he still must be finding his feet. But I just, I just think he's just getting better and better. But to actually find him, you know... We, we we always used to moan that we didn't have anybody in, you know, anyone from the middle backing up the front players. Yeah. What we've now got is a player from the middle with no help from the front players. <laughs> you know, he's <laughs> there ahead of them. He's got such a great engine, the geezer. No, I do. I do love the fact that you can point to him clearing one off the line by you know reading the game brilliantly. A one, and, and then like you say, he's the guy getting in the box as well. It shows he's a true box to box central midfielder, and, he, and you know it's incredible to have a, a player like that. Like you say, he seems to be getting better every week. Uh, Terence, going back to Wilf. Yeah, well, just finishing up on McCarthy there, I've, I've wrote in the chat room there, Lampard-esque. He's, he makes those runs in the box. He just sort of goes in there from midfield to get into scoring positions. And it, it's nice to have from midfield because we, we've lacked that in recent years. Or oh, it was KG getting on the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Wilf, yeah. He's believe. the size of Lampard, KG. <laughs> yeah, Wilfred Zaha, just, he, he looks like he's starting to remember that he can actually play football. He's when he first arrived, he just didn't. He just he looked like he'd forgotten how to do everything. He'd be one on one with a fullback, and he'd pass the ball square or back. There was just no belief in his play. Now he's starting to get back towards it. Hang on, I'm 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 a decent player, and yeah. there's belief in it. He's beating his fullbacks. He's getting in good crosses, and he's creating goals. Yeah, definitely. And it's weird. It, it almost as if the last the game. Now he's got to step up because Balassi's away with the on you know an african cup duty it's kind of like 
you know, he ha- he has actually stepped up as people sort of said demanded he had to. Like, uh, and like you say, it is a bit about belief. And you're you're right to pick on the fact that he he looked hesitant at first when he came back. It was almost like I think he was trying to think too much about the other side of the game, the defensive side that had been drilled into him at Man United, and obviously Warnock thought the same. You know, you've got to have a you know wide player who who tackles back and just being unleashed and given a bit of freedom and told to express himself I think he's really enjoying it but he's still some way off the, the player he was purely you know because he's just he was always one of those who needed to get a bit of rhythm going in terms of his play but on Wilf there's a lot of talk about um, freeing up a loan like we did with Punching by making it permanent I'm not too sure whether Wilf would want to do that because you know he's spoken about seeing his future at Man United but obviously of course he has to do that but um, in terms of Money we'd want to spend on him. The weather would would we spend the money it would take to to get him back to Palace, you know, on a permanent basis? What do you think? Yeah. Albert? How much Gel? how much do you think it would take? Um, I, I don't know. If you were talking about a player that you hadn't sold for ten million quid and that it was you're just trying to value him, you know, I think on the form of this season you'd probably say four or five because he's not been great. But we know what Will's cope booked out seven there and I, I just don't I don't know what the the answer is I suppose it, it, you know we've all got a different opinion but are, are no, we owed anymore I would think so I think most deals are structured aren't they so you could almost say you know cancel a bit and maybe give them a give them a couple million but you just don't I don't know the ins and outs but in terms of evaluation you know it's, it's a really tough one but you know I'd like to see him back on a permanent basis I think he'd be the best thing for his career I don't think he's um, going to be a Man United player and I think he should have been think if he'd been given the, the opportunities when he first got there when he'd done well in pre-season but he was you know he was effectively dropped for seemingly anyway for, for not fitting in if you know what I mean and not doing things the Man United way and by the time you know he'd adjusted to that he'd, he'd lost all of the rhythm and all of the things that make him a good player Albert well the uh you know he everybody was sort of hyping him to start at United and it's appeared that Moyes preferred uh Janajay or whatever he's called and, uh, and, you know, even he's not getting in the team now because they've gone out and bought players like Di Maria. And every back page you read, they're now trying to sign Gareth Bale. So, mm. you know, re- realistically, re- and, uh, you know, and fair play to him if, if, if he sees his future there and he wants to go and fight for his place. But realistically, with the players they've got and the players that they might still be buying, is, you know, is he going to get in their team? Mm, I, I, no, I don't think so. I don't think he's the, of, of the level that they're, they're looking at now. I totally agree with that. Joe? I just think that we know what he can do. Um, if he, you remember, do you remember that season, the last season that he played? If he can rediscover that, then I think you know other teams would would sort of see what he used to do for us. Mm. I mean, I, I just hope that the Wolf, can, you know, that we can get him back and he can. See, the thing is, Wolf was was a big fish in a small pond with us, and then when he went up to Man United, where they probably got about three hundred players out on the, you know, on that massive great big field or wherever they play um, training. You know, he, he he was then the little fish, and I just I just think he was surrounded by, you know, people that are still there with skulls and you know just with legends and I, and legends that were probably still better than him, even though some of them had, had retired. <laughs> so I just you know I just think that he, he maybe he was um, I don't know two or three years short of going to them. That that was my personal opinion. I think he should have stayed with us. Um, but you know, the people you have people they have their head turned, and and if they want to go, you have to give them a chance. Yeah, and, and he absolutely wanted to go, didn't he? And he, you know, yeah. if, if if we get him back, he'll owe us. Mm. Mm. Okay, 
Um, just picking up on the um, Paul at the Wild Sea has said, uh, now is the time to buy Wilf back if we want him permanently. Uh, if he has a storming second half of the season, that price will go up. Um, uh, you're saying, is that the same Paul as in the chat room, Patrick, or is that someone else? No, uh, the same Paul. I agree with him. I think that um, the way he's going to start coming on, at least in my opinion, uh, the best time to get Wolf will be getting now. The only concern I have is that, like you said, Chris, I don't think he wants to come back right now. I think he wants to go back to Man United and give it another shot. But the way that the current manager plays Van Hal, he never played for Man United because their system set up to play the 3-5-2 with the wing-backs, and he's not a wing-back. So if he goes back to Man United, he'll get, like someone think Joe I mentioned before, he'll go to West Ham or somewhere else. He's never going to play for Man United. So if we can get him back now, we should get him back now because the feelings are right and also the money will be right right now. So we should have him get him back. Well, I just honestly think that he's only, I think he'll get the best out of his career by certainly for the foreseeable future being at Palace. I've got, to give, I've got to give Nick a shout out, even though he's on <laughs> most weeks. Uh, he's talking about, he's walking back home from the offy, that figures. Uh, and he plays, he's listening to the show live and keeps going to interrupt us, which... It's fairly standard for Nick, actually, isn't it? Yeah. Hello, Nick. Glad you're listening, mate. I hope you're enjoying the show without you. Do you think it's better or worse without Nick? Let's not answer that question. That's unfair. Um, Guess it. <laughs> yeah. uh, just going back to um, a couple of things we mentioned in passing that I wanted to talk about. Uh, with Gail doing so well on the left, what does that mean for Balassi's return? So, say Balassi's back tomorrow... What do you think? Um, who am I going to pick for this one? Who wants to answer this one? Hmm, decisions, decisions. Joe? Yeah, just, you know, until until they're both, you know, ready to play in the same side, and I think you've just got to keep swapping, Wilf, you know, Balassi for Wilf, Wilf for Balassi. Um, oh. you know, it's, it's nice to have one side tearing the ass out of a team for the whole 90 minutes. So do you think what? So you're suggesting that Gale would Gale stay out on the left and you put Blassie right? Whatever we have to do to sacrifice. Listen, we can't. We need to have a setup forward. I do think we need to have Gale, Ains, and Murray playing at the same time. When they play, we look like we got goals. You know, right. and, and, and 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 I can just no. Do you know what? I just and while I'm on, then Terry tells you said he's Jill saying Punch and should stay in. And and like I said to you, and you guys know, when he's bad, I'll coat him, and when he's you know, and when he's good, I praise him, and he has been very good, and yeah. and you know, he just he knows what he can do. We know what he can do. He just he just sometimes you need to have that that um maybe you have to have your attitude adjusted. I don't know, you know, and if he plays like that, he'll he'll you know he'll do really well for us, and he'll keep continue to keep getting praised. But um, football, you know, football fans are fickle. I'm fickle. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. <laughs> I'm not right. going to lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to get in the order that you've requested to speak. I think Albert was next um, on on the subject of Balassi coming in and what well, you do. see that Balassi scored again today. So I just, yeah. uh, if anybody knows, are, are the goals bigger in Africa or something? Because he seems to. <laughs> they are not. Seems to bang, him, bang him in when he's away, and then he comes home and <laughs> no goals whatsoever. <laughs> He's got one. <coughs> Excuse me. Do you know the stat about Balassi? Did someone put it up the other day? One assist, one goal. Mm. When you put it into you know into that terms, you know him and Wilf. I mean, he was he's been responsible for for 
you know, without that, I mean, statistics tell a certain tale, don't they? Exactly. Direct assists you're talking about, and you know, directly scoring. But some a lot of the work he's done has resulted in some of the best moments of chaos. Last he co- he causes chaos. There you go. That's it. Chaos. But yeah, he causes exactly. chaos within our team as well. That's the thing. When he hits, <laughs> when he done it, when he you know he shoots and it goes out for a throw. I think he's still. I personally think he's still vital to us. Score, Patrick. You were next in in the queue. Yeah. Um... The, the way the way it works is that I mean if, if you're gonna if you're gonna play Balassi or Zaha one side I don't want to see Punch on the left side because what what I've noticed or on the right side what I've noticed is that from yesterday is that I've always thought in my head that Punch is more of a number ten or central midfielder he's absolutely the best passer on our team the pass that he made on the on the on the uh, on the goal for Gale was ridiculously precise and if you see some of the one t- one two p- touches that he makes. He's the best passer. If you, so I would like to see him go inside. The problem, obviously, then is then you lose McJedley because you can't play MacArthur, Jedi, and Ledley. So it becomes the problem, obviously, for Pardew. But um, if, if we're going to play the way we played in the past, then Balassi's going to have a problem getting back in the team, only if Wilf keeps him out of the team. So right now, um, you put Punch back on the, on the right and, put to me, put Balassi back on the left, and you put Wolf coming like he did against Spurs and create chaos, as we want to call it, towards the end of the match. But... For me, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what Pardew does. It's a great problem to have. It really is. It's, it's really nice to have that problem finally. But we're really actually saying we've got seven, eight players to fit, you know, four or five positions and who plays where and why. Because um, like, like Terrence mentioned before about Ledley, Ledley's played Jedi's role so well the last two or three matches. He's actually played it better than Jedi because he passes better. So you, you can't tell me the captain doesn't exactly. get back to the side. Uh, well, for the, thank you, Joe. Well, <laughs> funny, funny enough, that's that was my next question. But I think Albert wanted to make one last point. Yeah, right. it's, it's like that. It's like that conundrum. You've got the the fox, the chicken, in the bag of seed, and a boat. They've got to get to the other side of the river, but the fo- the fox can't go in the boat with the with the chicken what? and the chicken. Yeah, yeah. Can't, like like <laughs> Gail can't Gail can't play up front if if Shamak's playing, but Shamak can't play in the hole if Punchin's there. You know, yeah, it, but you it take- is a conundrum. But you take the chicken over first, no, the fox over first, and then leave the... the right, then you go back... No, the, the fox has got a shit right foot. Yeah, that's true, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, wasn't shit, it wasn't so shit yesterday. <laughs> that is exactly... That is, that, yeah, that's a very good point, actually, about punching. The, the goal he scored, obviously, we know his, his strong foot is the left foot, but, you know, fully right-footed, you know... You know it's, it was just a great strike. It's a great strike. And I, I, I was surprised he could kick the ball <laughs> over his right foot, if I'm honest. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Though. Even when he's like, he's usually using the outside of the left, isn't he, to do even to do yeah. the right-footed things. But all of a sudden, he, he's actually dribbled right foot, you know, right foot touch with the dribble, and then drilled it with the right foot. I mean, he's a, he's a different player under Alan Pardew. There's absolutely no doubt about that, and that doesn't take a genius to work out. That he clearly Disgusting. wasn't happy under under the manager last time. Um, we'll come back to Jed. Uh, is, is that uh, this point on the same subject? Terrible? Still on punch. Still on punch. Yeah, it was. It was interesting, as you know, with analytics, video analytics, the way they are these days. They clearly have plans for players defensively, and I've, the Burnley players, the way they must they backed off, they must have been thinking he's on his right peg. We'd we'd just leave him on it. He's not going to shoot on his right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's bang on. And, yeah. I was so shocked when he when he let fly of his right, and I was just like, "Well," and it just even it looked it still looked like it just kind of dribbled in. I'm convinced the goalie should have saved it, but George, yeah. no, it's not. It, we, we, I watched it in slow mo today with my son, and he went, "Oh, the goalkeeper!" And I said, "Look at it from all the different angles," and he just went, "That was absolutely perfectly placed." But George George Boyd should have should have tackled him, but then because yeah, I know, you know, you know he's stopped, he stopped running. That's the only thing I can think of is he literally gets blinder as the minutes go on. <laughs> I just yeah, 
<laughs> so I'm gonna. I'll make a further point on goalkeeper. I, I, as you guys know, I'm a goalkeeper, and you do a lot of training. When you're right-footed, it's easier to dive to your right, and when you're left-footed, it's easier to dive to your left because you actually push off of your stronger foot to dive that way. Heaton's a left-footed goalie, and he's so he's diving right. into the weak side, and you Good see point. he doesn't get any spring. He falls into the dive. He just sort of lays down. There's no he actual was, push off there. He was absolutely full stretched. Hill, let me tell you, he was he absolutely laid, he full stretched. He fell into it. He laid down. There was no spring. If you, he's full stretched body wise, but he's laying into the dive. He's not pushing into the dive, and that's where he's made the error for me because he should be pushing away for to get some springs to get further into the corner instead of just falling into it. I've spent, what do you do if you're what do you do if you're two footed like me? <laughs> jump up. Probably play um, up front. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let me rein this back in a little. Um going back to what we we just got almost got onto the subject of Jedanak and where he would fit back in. Um Gel for you, would would you put him in the team? Right, well, I'll just put this in the chat, and I know you've come to me specifically, so I'll get the bollocking and all the crap from, from everyone else. But Why would you think that? At the moment, at the moment, I, I prefer... And, and we, listen, we've had this, you know, Nick turned around and said two months ago about, about possibly dropping him. Um, the, the thing that he offers with, with, is, is his huge interception rate, and I think that MacArthur is, is almost there. But what he, but what MacArthur offers over Jedinek is the box to box. You know, I know Jedi's brought a sort of free kick thing to him into his game, but we, we have got loads of players that can take free kicks. Um, and, and, and then so I know someone's going to turn around and say, "But well, you can't, you know, drop the club captain." Well, you know, I'm going to throw this straight back at you and say that he got the captain. You know, he got the captaincy by default when when Paddy McCarthy just smashed himself up. So. Um, you know, I, I, at well, the moment, at the moment, at the moment, I would say he can't get. Up. Yeah, well, you know, when he when he done his knee in, um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have him in. No, I wouldn't. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Um, Terence, you can give the right of reply on this. I think. Um, <laughs> I got it by default because he smashed himself up. So unfair. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a he's a leader, and everyone who plays alongside him says it. So I, I we've, think we've got we've got three, four club, four ex club captains on the pitch. Everyone's a leader. Yeah, Led, but, you, yeah, but you every, got, can every, I ask Jail to name yeah. the four, please? Yeah, no, please don't. Every <laughs> every manager. Um, who's worked with him has basically said that you know he is effectively the heartbeat if you like um you know he's particularly important off the pitch um that he sort of he's sort of the glue that binds more together that's kept this, this this spirit as intact as it's been even through the the hard times but the question i suppose the question is always that you know he's often criticized passing um you know we've improved passing wise since since Pardew's come in can he come in and and, and you know achieve the same results he was getting but I mean for me it's so easy to forget when a player's out of the team what they bring um, and there's goals we've conceded like and before you know there's the trouble is with hindsight sometimes is you forget the bad things and I, you forget the way we sort of played prior to you know well when Burnley went 2-0 up and you can't you cannot convince me that we wouldn't have been more solid and, and a better team without Jednak in that side at that moment in time we changed it we got better but for me Jednak was was a Huge miss in those early stages. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I agree, Chris. I agree, Chris. And um, not to be, you know, you, you can't, you can't drop Jednak. Or what I would do, you'd have to drop to me. You have to drop after two. You have to drop Ledley. 
um, as good as he's playing. Because again, you just said what what Jednak brings to the team, uh, the leadership part, the penalty kicks, the free kicks, the breaking up inter- interception, etc. You you can't get that from any other player. The whole package, and uh, he is the glue that uh, keeps us together. So as much as I uh, I've been a pass, I, I mentioned you know maybe we should drop him. There's no way that you can drop the club captain or the team captain actually in this in this <clears> case. <throat> I do, I do think it's absolutely right that, that you should look at the form. And if he comes back into the team and, you know, and, we're, and we're less solid than we were when Ledley was in there, then he's placed he's under threat. That is an absolute exactly. fact. And right. also at the same time, if he comes back and we're still flying when he comes back from the, from the Asia Cup, um, then there's a chance that he might have to wait. I think he'll come back into the side of, you know, pretty Initially. quickly myself. Right. But I, I, just, I think, you know, it's absolutely right that everyone... You know, captain or otherwise should be fighting for their place. But I just think he brings so much to the to the side that, again, like I say, it can be forgotten. And there's, but there's aspects of our game now, even though we've won, you know, three on the bounce under Pardew, there's still aspects of his game that we're missing, in, in my view. Um, but, I mean, that's that's something that I think, again, the same as Balassi, that will be in constant debate. A lot of people talk about him, Balassi, and, you know, Gale's actually delivering in, in products. Let's, let's face it, he got two goals and an assist out of three goals, didn't he? You know, so... That that's delivering, absolutely delivering it on a plate. So, yeah, it's it's a, like it's the thing. A lot of people saying it um, on Twitter as well. It's a great position to be in that we're now having this conversation rather than who the hell have we got? You know, who the hell can come in and make a difference? It's now it's now you know who the hell do we pick? Um, we've talked about oh yeah, talked about Gale's winner and and the the ball from punch and the movement of of Murray that lo- lovely little block there. Um, our last little thing I I really want to sort of discuss about the game is Kelly at left back. Um, what do we think? Uh, I think he's been. He seems to start sort of slow at left back in every game, and then grow into it. By the end, you think, oh well, you know, do we actually need to go and buy a left back? But I don't know. Yes, do we? we? Do. You yeah, we we do. Go, Patrick. Yeah, um, I, I was a little concerned yesterday that he got substituted out of the match, eighty fourth, eighty sixth minute, when we're you know that deep in the match. Why? Unless he, unless you guys can tell me he was hurt. But um, my point being again, um, we need to go out and buy an established left back. This is the only place that I really think we're really, really going to have an issue with. I understand that Mariapa can fit in there and Ward can fit in there and obviously so can Kelly. But to me, we would play so much better with a natural left back. And again, I don't know what the circumstances were yesterday as to why he was taken out of the match. But to take out your left back that late in a match concerns me. Uh, and it looked like it was tactful, but I watched as... Um, before it happened, and you could see Pardew talking to Mariapa about coming in. I thought he'd be coming in to play midfield, maybe, so solidify what's going on there. So, unless Kelly got a knock, I'm a little concerned. So, for me, our number one priority in this transfer is to get a left back. Um, if it's the, the kid, the you know Taylor from Swansea, overpaid for him, I don't really care. We have to get a left back. And again, that's not a knock on Kelly because I think Kelly's a very good player and does a really good job for us. But I think we need to get natural left, a natural left back. I did think I think I picked up. I'm just, well, I just, someone picked up on it. And I read it online earlier that's, that Pardew had, had said that Kelly was tired. You know, he had pointed out. Oh, okay. he's getting, yeah, he's getting really, really tired. Sort of. So you know, he got remember he's, he had um, you know quite a long injury and, and just wasn't playing games at Liverpool. So there's a degree of match fitness lacking from him even now because it was a long, long time he was out. So I think there's a bit of that going on as well. But I don't know. I, I think he's he's done well. But pretty much all of you guys have said that we've we've got to get a proper left back in. And I, I think I agree with that. I think we've we've got to get a left sided left back. I know, Joe, you always talk about there being a left sided left back and, and that's all you want to see. So you know, and, and apparently it's gonna be uh well, we're we're after Taylor. I don't know whether that'll happen, but there we go. Um oh you've gone for you've talked about three at the back again, Joe. <laughs> plan D plan D. Plan D. Yeah. Anyway, who was your man in the match yesterday? Punching for me. 
um, for me. MacArthur for me. Jason Punchett for me also. He played played really well. Uh, sorry, Terry, I didn't quite hear you, Terry. Did you say Gale? Gale, yep. Yeah, see, I noticed on a BBS poll that was the, the dominant one after I'd voted for Punchett. I was, you know, not even close either. He was two and a bit times the number of votes for Dwight Gale. And I thought, you know, <laughs> after, he hadn't actually done put a foot wrong, Gale, had he? That's the thing. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd already said Punchett, and I think he was, he was probably the most influential player. But everything that Gale had to do, he did without fault, you know, and I can see that. I can see that. I just thought Punchin had slightly more of an influence, but again, it's great to have that discussion. I guess much, uh, much difference of opinion in the chat room, Albert? That seems to be a... a oh, he, it's, if, if, <laughs> it's happened again. Has it? Yeah. How still? did you do it? How do you do it? Yeah, still, it's like this really loud static sort of sound. You are a robot, aren't you? That's the thing. This whole time, no. right? I, just, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to no, say, stop, on, stop, I'm, I'm, I'm stop, stop talking. No, stop talking. Go, go away. Go away. Stop. <laughs> right. Um, you may need to go and just do something because that hurt. Um, I just so I don't know what else to say. Does anyone want to speak for him? Yeah, Patrick. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with a quick point, Chris. Um, I was noticing that um, we, you know, obviously we came back yesterday from losing position. So far this year, we've got 14 points from losing positions. We got um, six under. Warnock and um, sorry, is that six under Warnock? Two, four, yeah, under Warnock and no, eight under Warnock, sorry, and six under Pardew, which just shows that people want to talk about, um, you know, how we 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 played under Warnock and you know, the attitude towards the, him and etc. But we really have become a kind of a team as a team who don't really uh give up and, and fight back, which is great to see under Pardew, especially when he comes in and makes certain substitutions that change the game tactically etc so that's great it'd be interesting to see how many we got from winning positions under Pulis losing positions so I don't you think know what be. it's not that many is it Terrence I don't think I gotta check yeah we were always ahead in, with him you know a very close game so it's a great point I don't think there was that many last year under him oh it's noticed on the um, match of the day's little statistics at the end they showed um Pardew's long spell in the, in the top division in terms of a win percentage actually exceeds Tony Pulis's. So, yeah, he does. That's, that's that's so yeah. we can put that one to bed. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But it does show the the, the influence of the manager, and we've seen you know it's a huge upturn since Pardew came in. And uh, sorry, Albert, let's let's see if you can give us the update from the chat room on who their man of the match's selections were. I'll keep it brief, Gail. Yeah, it's fine. Gail, lots of <laughs> lots of votes for Gail and MacArthur. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. MacArthur was an interesting one. Do you, do you think he gave the ball away a bit too much early on? Or am I being critical? Well, I but... am. He's just that one. For me, the the way that he that he set up, you know, Gale for his <laughs> set up Gale for his goal. But it, it, the the most important thing for me was he, he was in the right position, mate. When we would have gone three two down with a few minutes left. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think we'd have got a draw out of that. So, you know, from from uh, from from doing what he did for me, I just, yeah, he just he runs his ass off, and he just he's a very positive player. That's the thing; he's a very positive player who wants to go forward. It might be, you know, that might come back to bite him sooner or later. But I, I just like the, I like his positivity that he goes forward. Um, <coughs> I think he's very yeah. good for us. Very yeah. good. That is good. All, all day long yesterday, the passing in the whole entire game from both teams was atrocious. I don't know, but I don't think anyone posted above an 80% pass completion. They was all, 
it was all very, very wayward. Obviously, the conditions had a lot to do with that. I think when Guediora came on, I couldn't believe it when I looked after him. I thought he had a decent game, but his pass completion was something like 22%. Oh, wow. Over 25 passes. Who was the best? <coughs> um, for us, I believe it was Jason Pungeon. Get Give me 30 seconds, I'll get back to you. All right, nice, I'll let you, let you check that. Um, I'm just trying to pick up another bit of contact, really. There's... Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Liam Powell earlier on when we were talking about strikers said Gale is a natural scorer. That's priceless in the Premier League. Uh, Murray is a proven scorer as well. I agree we need to take our money into Europe. Interesting. Yeah, they, oh yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah. Go and shop abroad for a better value. Uh, Darren Williams is incredulous that um, we described Shemak as the most technical player in the team. Says, drop me out. Joe <laughs> um, Holyoke says, it's my daughter's car, mate. Mm, don't know what that's all about. Uh, Steve... <laughs> Steve uh, Urban Carper was angry with that we're blaming the wind for Spironi missing the um, the cross. Uh, CPFC Northeast um, said that Zaha took a corner later on in the game and the ball was out of the quadrant. Um, yeah, a fair point. Yeah, but we didn't um, score from it, so therefore it's not <laughs> controversial. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you Good go. Um, Ginger Nut CPFC says Balassi pisses him off every time he plays international football. He scores. Hope it doesn't make some crazy bid come in. Um, Paul the World Sea is pointing out that Brighton's club shop is now stocking half and half scarves <laughs> Brighton and Arsenal oh my just what they're just not making it they make it too easy now aren't Embarrassing. they it's ridiculous um, Simon Goddard saying the great thing with us not knowing who to leave out means our bench is going to be strong um, Jean-Paul is saying it's just fantastic we're actually talking about potential selection problems in a number of spots hashtag refreshing uh, John Edwards is saying and um, we have actually uh, uh, I don't know what that means because I think he's had an autocorrect nightmare someone talking about somebody who can actually change games but there's a w- stray word in there that's confused me um, Daniel McDonough is saying that um, mm, damn it um, saying what? A, <laughs> he's defending the Shamak thing saying that without a shadow of a doubt Shamak is the most technical player have you seen the guy's first touch just needs to start shooting totally agree with that um Oh, have you seen Gal's first touch and then he shoots and then he scores? See, that's the thing. Yep. He gets the ball, <laughs> shoots, and he scores. You cannot say that about Shamak. That is, oh, that's the missing part. Shamak's a midfielder now. He's not a striker yeah. for me. Yeah. You don't yeah, so if he's a midfielder, then we've got loads of midfielders that are better than him, got better engines than him, got better passing than him. Stuart O'Keefe? Sorry. I'm all right now. I don't think we've got anyone who plays in in that number ten role better than him at the moment. There's an argument that Punchin could, but we won't be inviting Terence back, will we? <laughs> <laughs> He's actually taking your I'm job, mate. I'm yeah. job. <laughs> Seriously, having him directly disagree with you is cheering me up no end. Um, sorry, Terence, you've got the stats. Yep. Yeah, so the this is people pass the ball over thirty times because otherwise Zaha's got the best, but he only passed the ball 13 times unsurprisingly <laughs> uh, Joe Ledley 76.7% followed by punching on 73 and if you put it in context of Burnley players Scott Arfield 43 passes with a 53% completion that's just atrocious and 74.5 was their best and that was Dean Marnie yeah, right. yeah, but so nobody over 80% <laughs> Prove anything with stats, could you say? But no, but I'm just saying nobody over 80% shows how shockingly appalling the passing was in that game. You've yeah. always got a few players over 80. 
common say I did say that I did. He said it hadn't been a, a game for for class, but yeah, you know, I've got a couple of things. I've got a, um, someone said about Ashley Cole for left back, and Doug Tibbet uh, said we don't have enough money for for Cashley, and uh, John Angel <laughs> said. Um, Patrick, Eagle, Patrick Eagles has an evil laugh um, and McCarthy <laughs> has been the best player in our games since Pardew arrived and often before that hashtag CPFC yeah. no, good stuff like it um, talking of uh, contact from uh, excuse me from listeners I did burp there it was, I didn't really disguise it very well um, we've got some four word reviews from Facebook we've got David <laughs> I can't read David Paul's out staying up then the next word is mother, and you can pick up what the last word might be. Um, Teresa? Yannick tweeted, he said, ah, it's been a good weekend. Uh, Crystal Palace <laughs> with... That's what he put. A-Y-Y-Y. <laughs> Aye. Aye. Yeah, I, I just like your, a, your interpretation a, of that. <laughs> it's been a great weekend. Uh, Crystal Palace win, uh, and good to represent <laughs> my country, and score in, and then it's dot, dot, dot. I'm not going to press the rest. Thanks, Jill. Uh, John Vince is saying all substitutions, positive moves. Uh, Darren Chandler, push on for Europe, like that. DR Kernaz has gone for we beat the ref. Uh, Greg Pierce, no voice left today. Not like Paul Hanna, old palace is back. Um, there's loads here. Everyone's so excited. Chris Hopkins, sloppy goals, epic finish. Um, Lawrence Price, eagles are flying high. Let's get some off of Twitter. Uh, Mark Cole, is Jules in trouble? Um, Luke Barry Evans has gone for Dwight Gale, must play. Uh, oh, this is complicated. Um, Lucy's gone for worth every single mile, referring to the trip there. Uh, there's loads from Mark Cole. Stop trying to. Can we, them. can we just say that, um, like the, that our fans were singing to to the referee, "You're too fat to referee." Yesterday, and he waved back at our fans. He actually thinks he's funny. Lucy tweeted me, and she says, "Yeah, he, he actually thinks he's funny." I'm just. There's also something in the rules that says he shouldn't be responding to anything from the crowd. He should be investigated what? for that. Well, I told me, mate, uh, who's a who's Tottenham fan, I told him that this afternoon. He said, oh, we were singing that. But whenever, that last week or the week before, that Tottenham had it, and he, and he did the same thing. He waved at the crowd. So, but yeah, that's filled out for you. Yeah, uh, I'll just do the last couple. Then the Patrick's got something to say, and then we'll um, we'll have a look at well, we'll have a look at Nick, Nick Gets it. Uh, so yeah, last couple of those. Pat White's gone for no snow, just gales. Uh, Edward Porter <laughs> has gone for Pardew has Plan B. Uh, Colin's gone for we are rising up, and Ben Fleury has gone for a rise, uh, Alan Pardew. Interestingly, Mikey's included in the list of four-word reviews. Doug Tibbetts' tweet from earlier on, which says, "Are you working? It's all dead, my end." That's that's not a four-word review, that is it? It's just a slight problem. Um, uh, Joey, Joe, did you have? Did you have one? So I didn't see it. Gale blows Burnley away. Well Congratulations. Oh, Thank fun. you, Albert. What was yours? <laughs> Gale you blows oh, he's already said it. <laughs> and mine was four points behind Newcastle. Yes. Ooh, like it. Uh, Patrick. So very quickly, um, I've taken now to going to Manhattan, which is about 30 minutes from me, to go watch the matches at a place called Football Factory, which is uh, across from the Empire State Building. There are about 10, 15 Palace fans that go every single match. So I wanted to shout out the New York Eagles. And we'll block who goes there. Eagles. And if you're ever in New York City, you've got to go there. It's it's a tremendous atmosphere. They put all the matches on from Premier League, and we are by far the most boisterous group. So <laughs> I well saw done, that lads. video yesterday. Someone put a yeah. video up, Patrick. Was it's, it you? Yeah, it was me. It was, it was me. Yeah. <laughs> so Cheers. Good. Thanks. 
saw a fair few uh, pictures from it as well. It does look like you're having a great laugh there. So yeah, yeah. it's really Thank good you. to see as well, isn't it? It's really nice to see from like from our perspective, looking at people just creating this little corner of South London in New York. It's yeah, I really really enjoyed what uh, looking at that. Um, can I just also mention that Ginger Nut CPFC every week tends to send me a forward review that I cannot possibly read out. Do keep them coming. They make me laugh every time, but just I just can't ever read them out. Um, okay, uh, right. Okay, really? Was, yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah. We you know. have a swear box. I I know, but it is full from your pre-show rants. <laughs> um, I noticed that. Uh, sorry, I did get a message from from Jerry Cull early on as well. Who was um, basically this? It's, it's a quite a long email. We've covered quite a lot of it. I meant to read it out a bit earlier. Sorry, Jerry, about that. But he's talking mainly about the importance of us actually passing the ball now, and mentioned his uh, reservations that Jedinet can contribute to that. Uh, it was a, something quite amusing about you, Joe. But I'll leave it for now. Um, so thanks for your message there, Jerry, and um, hopefully we covered everything that you were talking about um, in terms of your email. So it's Nick Gessett's time as we end the show. Uh, uh, hmm. So the phone lines are open, uh, so just to explain what Nick Gessett is once more. Um, so, uh, yeah, there is uh, four voices that you're going to hear. You've got to try and identify all four. If you identify all four, you will win tickets, two tickets to the Man United Premier League game at the end of the season at Sellers Park. If you can get just two of them today, uh, we've got two tickets to the Southampton FA Cup match uh, at St Mary's, which we'll give away today if you can get it as well. Uh, the phone number... Uh, so let's listen to the clip first. Uh, this is the clip. The best outstanding bookstores. I love it. So you've got to identify the owners of those voices. The uh, phone number is 0208-1234098. The lines are officially open now. Uh, if you do get through, um, yeah, you'll be speaking directly to us live, so just be prepared. But um, I'm also prepared for the fact that no one might call. Um, so it is 0208-1234098. Let's have that... Um, let's have that clip one more time. The best in bookstores. I love it. And again, why not? The best outstanding bookstores. I love it. So four separate voices. I'll be completely honest with you. <laughs> I don't. I know two of them. I know um, two of them. And but I, there's two more. I just, I have not got a clue. If you do know the two that we all know, you will win two tickets to the Southampton FA Cup game next weekend, Saturday, six days away. Tension. Should we hear it again while we're waiting? No? No, no. We're only going to give you a short while on this. 0208 1234098. Oh, hello, we have a caller. Good evening. <laughs> it's sounds, the Queen. It sounds like the Queen. Um, hello, hello, Your Majesty. Um, can you uh, can you <laughs> can you identify? Sorry, George, um, George. <laughs> oh, hello, mate. Hello, mate. You're right there. Um, hello, mate. You're right. You're all good. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, let's hear the clip one more time. Outstanding bookstores. I love it. So, what's your guess? The four voices. Uh, Steve Paris is in there. Yeah, that's one. I oh, shouldn't have told him. Uh. Anyway, leave it out, mate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Stop abusing the listeners, Joe. Jesus, can't trust Can me. I hear it again? Yeah, yeah. 
the best outstanding bookstores. I love it. I think, um, is it, uh, I don't know if I'm getting the pronunciation right. Is it, uh, is it Guillaume Balaga? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can ex- I can reveal that that is the uh, second voice. Do yeah. you? <laughs> so that is two Southampton tickets. But you can have the Man United tickets if you can guess the other two voices. What do you reckon? No, I ain't got a clue on those other ones. Huh? Fair play. <laughs> well done, George. Nice one. Congratulations. Cheers, pal. Up the palace. <laughs> yeah, up the palace indeed. Cheers, mate. Nice one. Well, there you go. That was George. We'll, uh, we'll get in contact with him to award him his tickets later on. Or something similar. Um, so brilliant yeah there you go so but that competition will run till well till near the end of the season to win the uh, Man United tickets if you can identify the remaining two voices so in there are Steve Parrish and Guillaume Balaguer uh, they, I can reveal that obviously just to make it clear they are either connected to Palace or people that we've had uh, interviewed on the show uh, let's have one more listen of that clip actually Mikey just so people can hear it the best outstanding bookstores I love it so there you go. That Which is... one of those is Guillaume Balaguer? Uh, <laughs> I was just going to say that. Are Books... we going to tell him what's what? Bookstores. That's Guillaume Books Balaguer. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then you've got um, yeah Steve Parrish is uh, the one before that, I believe. Let's hear it one more time. <laughs> the no? best outstanding uh, bookstores. I love it. So outstanding is Steve Parrish, and bookstores is Guillaume Balaguer. So it's the best. And I love it that you've got to identify. So we'll be continuing that in, uh, w- <laughs> well, in the weeks to come. Uh, thank the, you. I love Storm. it. Is it Kevin Keegan? I, I, love I it. don't know, but I'm not really sure you should be guessing. But yeah, 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 yeah it is. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I want the tickets. I know. I know <laughs> I, I, you look, <laughs> you're on any freebie possible. You ruined your. You had a go at a quiz earlier on, and you were just you ruined it. You oh, somehow oh, won. Hang on. Hang on. Whoa, you whoa, somehow whoa, whoa. won. Hang, hang on a second. I've never you had a pop of George. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've won. You're a maverick, mate. That's your problem. I, I won. Chaos. You bring chaos to this team. <laughs> I do, mate. I do, absolutely. Anyway, let's, let's end this. Thank you very much to Terence, Patrick, Joe, and Bert. Oh, I'm going to thank producer Mikey as well. Cheers. Uh, thank you for all your contact today and for listening in either live or on the podcast. Uh, we'll be back next Sunday at 8 p.m. Goodbye. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.